Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we go over the 3-2 to two loss against the Pittsburgh Penguins and why Dominic Kubalik is just poised to have a great season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm the host of, or I am the a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host of Locked On Tigers and a freelance journalist of the Detroit News. And uh, the Red Wings lost 3-2 to today against the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game where they honestly dominated offensively, but I think that their defensive shortcomings really is what came back to bite them in the end. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, yes, I, I also think that, I mean, like you said, the offense looked really good. There was just like a lot of missed opportunities, just not able to finish at the end. And I think that's, to me, probably the biggest. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I think it's really a mix of those two things. I mean, we, we had, what, three breakaways. Raymond had two. Verona had one. They shot it. Raymond shot wide on one, right in the chest of Dish Smith on the other. Same with Verona on his breakaway. They hit a post. Suter had a wide open net. Where he couldn't bury it. So there was a lot of missed opportunities. Oh, the Smith so looked really many. good. I mean, but just they, not even like, you know, misfortunes or whatever. Just like, you know, you have one-on-ones or you get a good shot off in the slot or right in front of the net or something. And it just, it you know, like inability to finish. That, that was really all all uh, where all the problems stood from offensively. And I, I think that's, for me, probably, yeah, the biggest biggest reason that uh on a losing end tonight well and you look at you look at like expected goals four in this game for f5 on five for the penguins it was just 1.73 obviously they got two of their goals on the power play because the red wings took bad penalties that verona penalty especially was pretty egregious and at first mickey redmond talking when talking about that jacob verona penalty was like oh well you know the player i can't remember who hit verona at this point the player who hit him caught him in a vulnerable position because he like outstretched and was facing the boards, but on replay and Mickey Redmond correct, corrected himself, which is why I love our broadcasters because they'll correct themselves when they are like Verona reached for it and was squared up shoulder to shoulder and got hit along the boards. Didn't like it. Cross checked the player down to the ice and drew a penalty, which immediately came down. Uh, Brian Rust, I believe was the goal scorer on that one to, to put them up. And then you can't take penalties like that. Again, it's preseason. It doesn't really matter, but this game today was the, closest you're going to feel to a regular season game like this was pretty much both the red wings and the penguins a teams in this game i mean save a couple of injuries like andrew cop but like this was the lineup you're really going to see most nights i mean your top line was bertuzzi who played his first preseason game today along with uh larkin and raymond you had Peron with Verana, yet, you know, all the way down that lineup, and your pairings were all the same. The only thing missing was Kopp and Nedeljkovic, who just, you know, played yesterday or Saturday, so they gave him the night off. So while, again, it's preseason, it doesn't really matter much, and I'm like, by no means am I doom posting. Like, I don't, and I'm probably being a little, I'm being a little harsh right now, and I understand that, but these were the two A teams, and this felt like a actual regular season game. It was remarked upon several times in the broadcast that it felt like a regular season game. But the Red Wings just came up short in this one, despite the fact that they really dominated offensively. They just could not bury those chances, whereas the Penguins, they got their opportunities and they 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 took advantage of them. Huso played great, but you know their one even-strength goal, they caught Huso cheating off the post a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I actually thought Husso looks pretty good, to be honest. I, yeah, uh, I thought he did too. They had the one, one like you said, the one goal that he gave up was was definitely one where, uh, you know, just not on his toes or whatever, just kind of snuck it by him there. And, and like, yeah, like you said, not hugging the post enough. But then, I, I mean, like he had a couple of really nice saves, uh, stuffed a two-on-one a couple of times. Like I thought he was – Thought he looked really good, and and I didn't I didn't think the defense was porous or anything either. I thought the def like it was a decent performance by the defense too. It's just they outshot the heck over the game uh, for most of the game. Outshot the heck uh, out of um out of them, and then couldn't finish. And that's like what I keep going back to because I think that that's like blatantly the the biggest thing that was kind of a theme last weekend or over the weekend as well like that there were we talked about right and that was it the chicago game where yeah. they had a ton of shots and weren't able to not until the third period they finally cracked right like it was zero zero going into the third and they were out shooting the heck out of them too like that's just been the the reoccurring theme over the last couple of games is just inability to to really finish and that's why i really like <laughs> the addition of kubalik and that's why i I, I think that he's having some success because that dude's just going to grip it and rip it. He's going to get his. He's going to, like, if, you know, you can't finish, you can't finish. That's a different thing. But, like, <laughs> he's, he's going to get his shots off. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, besides his goal, obviously, which is a nice play, you know, yeah, not, not enough is said by that that assist by Valeno, I believe, on that goal. It was Cider to yeah. Valeno. That was not a shot attempt by Valeno. It was on net. Was it Bergen? I know Sider well, no, got the there, second. There was like a he tried. Bergen tried to redirect it, I think, and then it ended up oh, being off the pad and whatnot. This. Anyway, not too important, but like it was, it was, it was the heck of a play. Yeah, it was Bergen coming down the wing who took the shot, not Valeno. That was my bad. Bergen coming down the wing who, who received the tip pass from Sider. Uh, that wasn't a shot attempt by Bergen whatsoever. He saw Dominic Kubalik breaking yeah. down the uh, back door with nobody covering him, and he sent that low off the goalie's pad intentionally so it would come out to Kubalik. That's a that's a, a very smart, high IQ play. And, I mean, when you talk about highlights in this game, I thought, obviously, besides your top line, which I thought they looked really well, really good again, I think that that Dominic Kubalik line with Joe Valeno and uh, Jonathan Bergen, Jonathan Bergen, rather, as I heard Ken Daniels pronounce it, Jonathan. So that's what I'm going with from now on. There you go. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I they, they looked good at times. I mean, if you look at their expected goals, four percentage, you know, relative at five on five, they're a little bit down there. And that's because they're, they're a really young line. So there were shifts where they looked good shifts where they didn't, but I really liked that the chemistry that they've had. I mean, and when you substitute Dominic Kubalik with cross cross Hannes and a few times he's played, that looked good, really good too. I mean, that young line has the potential to be really lethal at the third line level. I think that could be a dominant third line in the NHL so far. I mean, that might be, you know, maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself and dominant, but I think it could be a very effective third line at the NHL level, especially with Dominic Kubalik on there, because like you said, he can really grip it and rip it. He had a, he had a slap shot one timer early in the game. That was just a rocket. And, you know, he's got three goals in the preseason. I know it's just a preseason, but I'm like looking at how he's playing and I'm looking at how the Red Wings recognized his strengths and play into those strengths. And I could see him, you know, maybe not, I'm not going to say 30 goals, but I could see him getting to 18, 19, maybe 20, which is better than he did the last two seasons with the Blackhawks. I think, I think he fits a very particular, a very specific and particular brand of hockey, you know, kind of like the Alex, not comparing him to Alex Ovechkin, but like how Alex Ovechkin like has that spot. 
in that left dot where he rips shots from. I think Dominic Kubelik can serve a same value for the Red Wings on a third line where you get him in his spot and you just feed him. You just feed him pucks and he's just going to rip it and he's going to score. You know, it's going to be like Mighty Ducks, maybe one in five shots, but hell, when that puck goes in, it's going to look beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think I'm real. I mean, I, I've been saying since we signed him, right? I've been saying that he's been my my favorite acquisition maybe of the entire offseason. I, I think when it comes to that line, they definitely looked really good in this one and and seem to be uh, building some chemistry. I don't know if I don't know if I'd go as far like, you know, that's not going to be the third line early. Like it's just not because like Pew Suter is going to be going to be three C when cop is back. So like, yeah. that's just like, you know, what I, like uh, it could like down the road and obviously injuries happen and stuff. Um, and that I'm sure they'll keep it in the memory bank and be like, you know what, this is, this is something that worked in the preseason. Let's give it a shot. But, um, yeah, I, I mean that, yeah, they, they looked really good undeniably. So, um, we'll see. I really, the, the thing I just keep going back to o- over and over in this game is just how many missed opportunities this team really had and then how many opportunities they did have, but just could not follow through with them it was really I don't want to use the word frustrating because like preseason game I don't think I, yeah. I've ever watched a preseason game and been it, like it upset. can still be I was frustrated but, and I think it's okay to feel frustrated I know yeah. a game means nothing in the end but I mean like it was still frustrating to see them have all those great a opportunities and I think it's more so justified to feel frustrated in this game because these two teams very clearly were giving it at least 80 percent in this game yeah. it was that was a regular well, and season. it was those you are know, two regular our, season squads going against each other. Yeah, this was like you said in the beginning. That was a great point. Is this is the close, easily the closest we have seen to what the lines are going to look like on opening night? Like, and like very, very much the the most like oh, regular season ready lines we have seen all preseason. So, and like by to by lose no means that game is kind of disheartening. But but by no means am I like thinking that the season's a bust because they lost a preseason game. I'm not trying to right, say that, yeah, but I'm saying no, it's okay sure. to be like a little disappointed that they played so well and came up short despite how well they played. Um, when we come back to it, I do want to also talk about Joe Valeno. We talked a little bit about that line, but I want to put a little bit of focus on Joe Valeno. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk. Puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calorie, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Of all the protein bars that I've tried and all the flavors of Built Bar that they've sent us. I mean, they just sent me a new package. Did you get that new package, by the way? Can yeah, I flex dude, on you? Dang, yeah, I was hoping I <laughs> um, But of all the flavors I've tried, I still stick with the cookie dough chunk puff as my favorite. Like, yeah, there is legitimate no. cookie dough pieces in it, and the puff, I honestly think in my personal belief, the regular Built Bar is good, but the puff Built Bar just, to me, is superior. At first, it took me a little bit while to, you know, warm up to it, but now that I like it, I'm like, okay, this is like the go-to. The you see, they gave uh, they they gave us some raspberry in that box. How do you say? Yeah, raspberry. There you go. I got into this argument with my roommates and my girlfriend about this. I'm like, the pee is not silent. It's raspberry, not silent. So it's up. raspberry. Grow up. You, know, you grow up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you. You're the child. 
You're going to love new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need a quick bite, Built is the perfect bar, perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Dartcom? What is Dartcom? How do I do this every time? It's like one word I just mispronounce. Built.com, guys. You all kind of like how you mispronounce raspberry. No, that's correct. Your, your Midwestern accent has you mispronouncing it. I'm Grow just, up, I'm elevated to a higher Grow level up, of intelligence. Dude. Yeah. I just sure. can't pronounce words. <laughs> Dark calm, definitely. Dark calm. Level of intelligence. <laughs> Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk about Joe Valeno because especially in the first half of the game, I noticed it more. But he definitely seems to be playing with a a higher level of confidence, a higher level of vision. You know, he was making a lot of correct plays. At one point, he tried to deke Sidney Crosby, which did not work. But you know what? I respect the cockiness, the swagger that he has to attempt that. I mean, that that was the big thing that we talked about a lot with Joe Valeno last year is he would go through phases where he looked good, and then he'd go through phases where it's like he doesn't deserve to be on the NHL ice. That Why game not, last night, two, like we, that was literally, you can go back and listen to those episodes. That was our biggest point. Every single game was confidence. That was literally yeah. the point where like, he just doesn't look like he thinks he belongs on the NHL eyes. And like, yeah. he, you know what I mean? And like aggressiveness went into the offensive zone and, and, and all of that just completely lacked any of it. And then at the, at the end of the season for like a week, two weeks, probably. We were like, oh, my goodness. Look, he actually looks pretty decent. And, you know, not a lot of production points-wise, but, like, he's a lot more aggressive and is at least getting a lot more creative and, and a lot more just sure of, of his own entries and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he looked pretty dang good there. It's the first half of the game. Kind of kind of lost track of him in the second half of the game as I was just like, oh, my God, will they parry that puck in the back of the net? And they yeah. finally did, and it was his line that did it first. But, yeah, I just wanted to kind of highlight him real quick and give a shout-out to Valeno because he's looked pretty good all preseason. And it's going to be – the Red Wings have a real good problem on their hands where they're going to have some tough roster decisions to make here in a week or so when they have to trim this roster down to the, you know, 18 to 20 players that they're going to carry into the regular season and decide who is going to make it because there's going to be tough roster cuts, especially as players get healthy. You know, once Sunquist comes back, once Wallman comes back, once Pissick comes back, once Robert Haig comes back, once Robbie Fabry comes back. I mean, those are all players that are we, we have an NHL caliber Andrew players. Kopp is like yeah. literally like one of our best players now. Like it, Andrew Kopp is one of the highest played players on the team, and we, he hasn't even been a factor into these lines yet. So like it's a great problem to have, but it's like there's gonna be some hurt, you know, like player wise. But even we're probably gonna be like, oh man, I wish he would have made the team, but I get it. I mean, that's probably that's going to be the case most likely with Soderblom because uh, he didn't play tonight. And I feel like t- if he didn't play tonight, like this is probably and he probably does need another season to mature in the North American leagues and maybe Edvinson, too. Although Edvinson did play tonight and Lone said Soderblom the- also, they said he was a little uh, before the game. They said he was a little banged up. OK, not so that, like that may not like even remotely here. serious at all, but just like a little sore, like night, needed you know, night, off. night off was expected kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's. It's interesting to see, and it's going to be tough, tough, tough down the line, but it's an absolutely great problem to have where you you don't know who is 
who is going to make the team or not. I mean, outside of your top Much six rather or top have two that pairings. And the opposite, which is what we've done for the last four yeah. years. So, um, speaking of people who could get caught, man, Lindstrom didn't look good today. <laughs> I thought you were literally going to say, speaking of people, and that was your transition. And I was like, wow, that's creative, dude. I'm, I'm um, smart, dude. Smart. Yeah, no, Lindstrom. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think he looked very good either. I thought there was. A lot. I, I guess just like transitioning to the defense as a whole, I, I didn't think the unit played that poorly. I do agree with you that Lindstrom um, really struggled. I, I think it was just overall, I mean, like poor spacing was like really a, a big thing with him. And just, uh, I don't know, offensively, he's always just kind of been a net neutral at best. Yeah, he like, doesn't really provide a lot of pop defender so like that you're not really putting him in the game for that i don't know like i i just he didn't really seem too effective in this one i do want to talk about edvinson though yeah Um, his defensive partner yeah and and i thought that in the first period i really thought that edvinson looked also like pretty i don't want to say lost i think that's too dramatic but uh, he, he did not look very sharp. I thought there was really poor spacing on for him as well, especially on uh, on like fast breaks and such in the first period. I don't know. Like there was th- it was not very good. Positioning was really kind of whack at times. Not not overbiting. It was the opposite. It was like too timid of of spacing and positioning. Like when when the Penguins were in our zone. I really didn't think that it was a very good first period. And then the second and third period, I thought he was fantastic. And I thought that the the positioning and the spacing was fine. I thought it was great. It, you know, sometimes you're just off or you just play, make a couple of plays wrong and it's highlighted. Then you turn around, you play the rest right. And I think that's what happened. I thought in the second and third, he was really good. He broke up a couple of passes, which I thought was really impressive just with his stick, right? Like Carried that up was the really puck. nice to see. I thought he was the like perfect amount of aggressive. I don't know if that's like a right way nope. to word that. No, that was, that's right. I thought that he, he was finishing hits that he should have finished. He was closing out space that he should be closing out. I don't think he made too many mistakes in the second or third period. I, I really liked what I saw out of him uh, after the first, which is kind of uh, almost the opposite of what I, how I feel about a lot of other people <laughs> in this one. So, no, I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, if you look at, at five on five expected goals for percentage and relative, he and Lindstrom are the worst in the team in this game. Yeah. Um, Lindstrom had a couple of really egregious turnovers. And I, dude, you know, not the, again, not that the defensive core outside the top four is all that deep, but there's a lot of guys on contract. And Lindstrom, I'm just not super confident he's. I think he could get placed on waivers because he's just not playing all that well. And Robert Haig was playing pretty good up until the point where he got injured in the red and white game. At least, you know, obviously at training camp, he was just standing out. And I mean, just you got Osterley in there as well. And I'm not 100% confident Simon Edmondson is going to make the team. I think he could go either way. And because people, well, I think one of those decisions kind of influences the other. It anyway. does. One's going to stay, one's going to go. And I don't know which one's going to stay and which one's going to go at this point. I think Edvinson could definitely benefit from some time in Grand Rapids because of, like you said, there are moments where you can see that he's a little bit inexperienced. He has never played on the North American ice. People forget, but Sider played fifth, about 50 games at the, with the Grand Rapids Griffins before COVID. And then he got a whole nother season in the SHL after that. So he had a North American experience and, and a full season at the SHL yeah. level. So, 
you know, Morris Sutter came into the NHL with an extra year of experience at the North American level before coming to the NHL. I mean, Simon Edmondson looks like he may need that. Not saying he couldn't hold his own at the NHL level, but like if you want him to be ready, ready when you call him up, I think some AHL time could benefit him. But at the same time, I don't think Lindstrom is really deserving of a spot right now with how he's pre playing in the preseason. I think he's underperforming based on what we've seen from him. Um, what he's capable of, at least in the, at the NHL level last season, you know, we've seen it both ways where some games, he looks like a pretty good, solid 50, 50 split defenseman offensively, defensively, he doesn't bring a whole lot offensively, but he wasn't like a net negative. So it's just, it's going to be an interesting decision, especially with guys coming back healthy, you know, Pissick's out indefinitely with his Achilles issue. But, you know, I guess you got Australia and you got Hague as well that are, that are there trying to compete. Yeah, no, I, and we, you keep, pointing to the we'll, we'll call it depth but there's you know a difference between depth and just depth. having <laughs> a lot of bodies yeah and, and i think that that's kind of where the the line in the sand is drawn between the forwards and and the blue line is just the the blue line you're gonna have to make some decisions defensively and you're gonna Really, it just comes down to Edvinson. Like, that's really the only big decision if, uh, from the defenseman is, like, do you want Edvinson to start off this season at the in the NHL or do you want him to start off in Grand Rapids? That decision will have a ripple effect and influence directly every other fringe defenseman, uh, whether they make the roster or not. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the forwards – you are actually more so going on, okay, this person has looked good in the preseason. We really like what they have to offer. This works better with a scheme, et cetera, et cetera. You're actually going on what their production is going to be, whereas it almost seems like with the defenseman, it's it's really just, okay, well, if Edmondson doesn't make the team, then you'll probably make the team. <laughs> if Edmondson makes the team, then you probably won't. Like, Can we also I talk about how – Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that, that was the end of my, my thought. Head. It's just I, I, I think that 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 is the difference between good depth and just you know, oh, little Javi Baez home run, eh? Yeah, Apo yeah. Taco there. There you go. Um, I but, am watching the Tiger game. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you are. <laughs> as they play it in on the West Coast, is this to end the season? Yes, four games left, Great. and two of them are tomorrow. So we got, oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, today as you're listening to this, what I was going to say before I saw the Javi Bias home run is that <laughs> I think we didn't we did we correctly pick the defensive pairings like all the way through? Like we were a Sherat Sider, Mata, Hronik, Lindstrom, Edmondson. I know, like, there were some For this game, yeah. Edmonton, well, like, just in general, I know there was some speculation amongst us that Edmondson may pay, play on the second pair. But like for the most part, we were like pretty down to the white, like that, like yeah. We're, I mean, we're like that. So I just like, want to pat know. myself on the back a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're pretty like good that. on that one. You um, know, believe it. Like believe that we're 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 like it. But <laughs> no, I, well, I I also that was another thing I actually want to bring up was um, Sherat, man. I, I thought he looked pretty solid, and and also, I I am blown away by how effortlessly strong of a human being he is. <laughs> he oh, yeah. is. He throws people and it's uh it's something that again we've said it a million times but if utilized correctly i think could pair really well pair really well with cider well let's talk about that in segment three along with the other defensive pairing because i thought they were sneaky good in this game i don't think a lot of people because they didn't really stand out in terms of like they didn't do anything really amazing but they didn't do anything really bad but they were they were sneaky 
good in this game in Olimata and Philip Ronick. So we're talking about that and goaltending and special teams in segment three um, when we come back. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings uh, podcast. You began talking about it there, Scotty. But yeah, that Sherratt cider pairing, you know, I like it a lot. One one thing with cider, and you said about Sherratt, but it's also true with cider, how effortlessly strong they are. They both just knock guys down with so much ease. And that's something that we talked about was like something we could look forward to with that Sherratt? pairing as we were. He's strong. It's crazy, bro. Like he had the one, he had the one that uh that Mick freaked out about. He, yeah. was like, he just like touched him and he <laughs> ragdolled and flew across the ice. And Mick was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And then Mort Sutter also has like added this new element of the game uh to his game where he just jumps and catches pucks out of the air and plays him to his sick. Yeah, that, he did that it twice. that's gonna go viral deservingly so. He just it, that was that was insane. That was well. Obviously, there's the one where he like lapped really high in the air and caught it. But there was another one earlier in the game where a player tried to chip the puck in past him, and he just grabbed it out of there, played it to a stick, and shot it down the ice for a pass that led to a two-on-one. <laughs> and like that one stood out to me as more impressive because how seamlessly he did it, as if like he saw everything instantaneously and made the play happen. The other one, he like obviously it was more flamboyant because he jumped up into the air like three feet and caught it and fell to the ground to bring it down. But 40 inch vert, baby. It was fun. I mean, Sider just looks like he's, he looks like he's game ready. You know, he was just like we were talking about with Raymond yesterday and Raymond looked good again today. We haven't really talked about the first line and the fact that this is Bertuzzi's first, um, Raymond looked good. First preseason game. That line looked really Again, good. Like was, you know, got a few really good scoring opportunities two and wasn't able games. to do anything with them. Yeah, too, for sure. But, um, then, but looked good. I mean, besides that, looked great. Yeah. Well, then Bertuzzi got the assist on Larkin's goal, and he did the he did this several times last year, and it's very deceptive where he looks like he's about to skate behind the net and then passes it behind his back, back out front, short side, where the goalie's starting to cheat. And uh Larkin was able to score top shelf far side. And I mean, Bertuzzi came back and he immediately added, you know, that same element that we knew last year on the only line that was successful all year long in that top line. I mean, I I mentioned, I tweeted about it, but there was a, there was a point in the second period where they're passing. I called it blind chemistry because it was as if they didn't even know where each other were, like physically didn't see them, but they knew that's where they were going to be. And it was just blind passes back and forth in the offensive zone. They looked really strong in the offensive zone. And I mean that's just something to look forward to uh with them. But can we uh can we do special teams? Absolutely. Just because the only teams. really big thing I want to bring up is, is just the fact that Edvinson got a look on the PK. And I think that that's um something we shouldn't overlook, just in the sense of they are trying you know, this is a tryout. Yeah, this is literally a tryout for him, and they're gonna see put him in a lot of high as high pressure situation as you can get in the preseason to see how he's going to uh, react and play in those situations. And I, I didn't think he – I thought he, he looked pretty solid for in the penalty kill at least. Um, again, didn't think he looked very good in the first period really at, at all. But rest yeah, of the game, and, and I thought I thought in the, the couple of PK opportunities he had, um, he, he, looked, he looked decent. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed with either special teams. The power play didn't do much of anything, really failed to establish a zone presence anytime they got on a power play. And then penalty kill let up two goals against, which is just not good. Uh, there, there were Correct. moments in this game where I thought they looked like last year's Red Wings. I mean, there was a lot to a lot of good to focus on in this team, but the, their offensive offense wise, they 
produced a lot more offense than we have seen last year. And that's been consistent this, this game in the last game, but I did see a lot of dump and chasing, which I didn't like. Um, and then obviously their special teams was really bad in this game. And I thought defensively in the defensive zone, I saw a lot of scrambling. Now, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they have a phenomenal team. And whenever Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby or Brian Rust are on the ice, I mean, they're hard to play against in the defensive zone. I do think they scrambled quite a bit. But like you said, in the end, there were very few scoring chances at even strength. I think while they may have been scrambling, they kept them to the outside and helped keep scoring chances low. There were a few good scoring chances the Penguins had, but they helped keep scoring chances low. They just they just uh, struggled to get possession of the puck in the defensive zone. And that leads me to the, my point where Ole Mata and Philip Ronick, you know, expected goals for percentage-wise, I mean, were the best players on the team in this game at five-on-five. They were out there, and they were effective at preventing the other team from getting quality scoring chances. I, like I said, I think the Penguins held pretty good possession in the offensive zone, but they really failed to get good scoring chances. And I think Horonic and Mata made a pretty good duo, duo out there in this game. In fact, in at 5-on-5, five five, their expected goals for was 1.18 and 1.11, respectively. That means that team, when they were on the ice, should have had a goal, more than a goal, because of their influence, which is really good. I mean, they played really well on both sides of the ice in this game, but it wasn't like it wasn't like making jumping up 30 feet in the air or crushing bodies on the boards good. It was just they played their game well. They played safe hockey. I think there was one play where I thought Philip Rona kind of got made look made to look silly, but I mean, it didn't negatively affect the team in the end. So I, I liked it. I liked that pair today. I really like that pair, period. I, yeah. I love it. I, I think that should be second pair, and I'm very confident in it, and I really I like it a lot. I think it's a huge improvement from last year's uh, any line, really. <laughs> to be honest with you, like it was Moritz Sider, and that was kind of it last season. So, I, I, I yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm very, very sold on our, on our top four um, defensively. Very sold. And I think that – the third pair is really the only question mark left as we yeah. keep talking about. Well, and I thought goaltending was, I thought Billy Huso played well, save the, where he got caught cheating off the post a little bit. That was a bad goal. He should have been on his, he should have been on his post, but For sure. he let up two short, shorthanded goals. That's not really on him. I, I don't want to blame a shorthanded goal on him when the play, team's down a man. Um, I thought he made a couple of, he made one really, really nice save, but then Uki Nora came in in the third and he shut it down. He didn't let in a single goal. So I, I like both of them. I think Billy Huso is going to be a really nice addition. It took me a while to get used to seeing him in 35 though. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm so used to that being Howard's number. It's Did you so hear weird about Howard. He's, yeah. I, yeah, that was announced like last week. Yeah, I know. But I, I just thought it was cool. They had like the whole thing on the, yeah. like on Bally, they had like the whole, you know, in, in between, I think it was first one of the intermissions. They did like the whole thing on it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Happy that he's continuing his post playing career. A lot of, on a lot, very times. pro goalie broadcast. That's yes, with Chris Osgood. I, I like it. Um, and then this is just a so. There's two other things. One, it seems like the letters on above the wing are going to be a permanent thing again, from what I'm understanding. Um, that that is going to be back where it's at. It's going to be back above the tip of the wing, which I have mixed feelings about. Um, I get that it's because that is where the team had success is when it was about like, that's his iconic look, but also it just looks so crowded and cluttered right there. Whereas like you put it to the other side, just because there was more space. I don't really care in the end if they move it back to that side, because that's the iconic look. 
I care in the end if they move it back to that side because of ads. But I've been I've I've gotten up on my soapbox about, about that before, so I won't do it again today. So it but it appears that's where it's gonna stay. Is right I, there. I love the it. It's an iconic look, and I don't mind if that goes it. back there. I do, like I said, I do think it's a little cluttered, and I kind of like the fact they moved it back over. They moved it to the other side because of the fact that you had all that space there. But I also understand the the iconis iconicism iconism. <laughs> I'm making up a word here. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm not a writer, so you just say the iconic look that is. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to make up a word. Um, but then the other thing is, oh my <laughs> gosh. I got the Bally something probably happened with the Tigers game. I got the Bally Sports Plus app, right? Because I don't have cable. And there were two times in the game where the audio lagged and slowed down, but the video didn't. And it kept slowing down longer and longer and made people sound like this. And it like was so freaky. And it's just a troubleshooting problem, I'm assuming, with the new app. But I was like, what is happening? I was like, am I having a bad trip? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> ridiculous I can't believe this just happened in the Tigers game I'm so sorry what happened ball just dropped between three people you can't believe that happened to this Tigers team this team man three days and then he's free uh, any final thoughts Uh, no I don't think so I mean like you know it's preseason. I mean, I think we hit all the beats, right? Like we didn't miss anything. We talked about. We no, talked we had everything we want to talk about. I, I you know, I, I just, I, I want to keep reiterating. You know, it's, it's the preseason, and uh, they're going to try some stuff, and some stuff's not going to work, and some stuff is, and yeah, I'm just really pumped. Yeah, I mean, we are now over halfway down the preseason. The Red Wings play again tomorrow against the Washington Capitals in Washington. Don't know how I'm going to be able to watch that game yet because it's not on Bally. And then they don't play again until Friday. And I think they finish up the preseason that weekend is because then we have like four or five days straight until the home opener, yeah, which the eighth. all the home games are at seven o'clock now. Let's go. I love that for us. Yeah, that's that's, that's cr- very cool. And getting to bed a half an hour earlier every night. Let's go. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another game recap. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.